We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 12th, 2018. And the next report is entitled Anger, Vitriol, and Venom from the Parliament of World's Religions Toward Christians. Carl Tikrib attended, attended the Parliament of World's, World's Religions in Toronto, Ontario as part of his research ministry. Below are comments Carl made on his Facebook page about his time there and a lot of pictures which I'm reposting in this PDF. You really got to see some of these pictures because you, you're just not going to believe what's going on. Um, the photos are taken by Carl at the Parliament. Also be sure to see the links below to the articles from the 2015 Parliament of World Religion in Salt Lake, Utah. During the Parliament in 2015, one of the speakers was Diana Butler Bass, who we just the, the glowing report we just um, read at the start of this uh, last teaching. In 2017, she wrote um, that she said, the jig is up for those who believe in the blood of the lamb. The late Ray Youngin attended the 2015 Parliament of World Religions and said if there was one main theme that stood out at the event, it was hostility against Bible-believing Christians. That's the main theme. Which just really the, all this should do is just make the Bible come alive for you. And not discourage you, but just make the Bible come alive because this is what the Bible predicted. And it would it'd be the only thing that would kind of make sense in the day and age we're moving into. Brian McLaren and other emergent Christians spoke at the 2015 parliament claiming that they represented the new Christianity. How interesting that the motto of the 2018 parliament was the promise of inclusion, the power and the power of love, satanic love, the light of the love of Lucifer, is I think what they should have really named it. But as Carl Techrib states below, that love only extends to those who agree with them. <clears throat> so this is his kind of blow-by-blow blow thing on there. And um, no November 2nd, yesterday was the first day of the Parliament of World Religions in Toronto, which was primarily comprised of opening ceremonies. Speakers included Lieutenant Governor of Ontario, our Federal Minister of Immigration, a video message from the Dalai Lama, um, various parliament leaders, including one who is the executive of the World Federalist Movement, and a talk by Jim Wallace, who is openly hostile to Republicans and conservatives, and I would imagine that means Christians too. Here are some of the pictures. Here's a neat picture um, painted by a progressive Baptist minister showing her hatred for the newly elected Supreme Court justice. And I don't know if this is when, it doesn't really look like Kavanaugh's head. It might have been the guy before him. But anyway, it's literally, you know, Kali, which is the second highest demonic deity in Hinduism. Kali, which is the goddess of death. Shiva is her dad. Shiva's, Shiva's the god of destruction. That's the one outside of CERN, the, the, the statue of Shiva. Well, Kali is Shiva's daughter. And Kali is the goddess of death, has six arms, and generally she carries the severed heads around her waist, and then she has six arms, and, and one of the arms usually has, uh, two of the arms usually have heads, and then usually there's plates underneath the heads to collect the dripping blood from the heads. And then the other two hands typically portray, are portrayed with like swords in them. So um, yeah, that's Kali got skulls around its neck and and so this is the wonderful wonderful little uh painting mural that a progressive baptist minister minister showed 
as showing her hatred for the newly erected Supreme Court. They weren't trying to hide this thing. This was one of the center showpieces of this. I see this mural in several different pictures. So it wasn't some something they were trying to push to the back of the uh, gathering. So, and then November 4th, this was the parliament talk where the United Nations, a catalyst for interfaith action, because remember, the United Nations is the coming backbone for the coming one world religion, the coming one world government, the, the you name it, the coming one world everything. The United Nations will be at the center of that. Three of the panel are officials with United Religions Initiative. Another is a URI supporter who chaired the International Day of Yoga committee at the united nations because see yoga is very important because that's where you bring in the transcendental meditation and, and bring in all the demons and you know let them infest you and also a senior advisor with the unfpa years ago i attended the uri uri global summit if you want to understand the connection between the uri interfaithism and global governments then you must read the chapter spiritual politics in the game of gods book then we move on to November 6th. During the plenary this morning at the Parliament of World Religions, one of the faith speakers advocated for a world government and a world parliament. If you read the Game of God's book, you'll know just how intertwined the interfaith movement is with the idea of world government. And here they have the pictures of the wonderful attendees holding up their little books entitled The United Nations, A Catalyst for Interfaith Action. And literally, this is just totally trying to usher in the um the um antichrist and the false prophet into power and that's all they really care about they're coming awaited saviors november 8th i've attended a range of events during the past 25 years christian conferences and liberty-minded events and scores of interfaith global government and pagan gatherings and i've heard disparaging and disrespectful talks from all sides but the parliament of world religions takes the cake anger vitriol and venom poured out from the gathering i would imagine almost primarily exclusively toward christians here's one example this same progressive baptist minister that wrote that did the kali mural with the severed heads of the supreme court justices or i don't know if they're all the severed uh, the supreme court because i mean why would you want to have ruth bader ginsburg who you know loves death and evil and abortions why would you want to have her as one of anyway um a progressive Baptist minister utilizing the Baptist sand Mandela technique, Mandala technique, sorry, created an art piece of Kali, the goddess of death and destruction, to express her hatred of the recently appointed Supreme Court justice and those who confirmed him. Oh, those who confirmed him would be the, okay, I get it. They would be the other heads hanging all around Kali's waist. Then at the end of, of the week with a group of progressive, religious progressives, they celebrated his hope for downfall with a dance of invocation to Kali. So that shows them there, they're dancing around this little fire, this little bonfire they've got, and they're dancing around the fire uh, against the Supreme Court justice and uh, with a dance invocation to Kali, the goddess of death and destruction. So it's just, it's just mass witchcraft and cursing um, by all these in attendance. I mean, that's all, no big deal. Um, the parliament's theme was inclusion and love though extended those to only those who to conform to their narrative though so if you don't conform to their narrative well death and destruction to you um here's more pictures so there's other reports here that relate to this now we're going to get into a um another email that 
my longtime listener Jody sent me. And this just happened today. And this is what kind of inspired me because he already had a lot of this information in there. I, I needed to bring it up. I was planning on doing a teach it on the subject soon, but a lot of times this is how God works things is I'll have stuff locked and loaded and semi ready to go or totally ready to go. And then there's one piece of the puzzle left that I need. And that's what happened today. And that's why I'm doing the study when, you know, it's past one o'clock AM when I'm doing it. And, um, it turned into a 21 page study, <laughs> like literally I just created today. Um, anyway, this is another email from Jody. And she said, uh, hey, Scott, so I had another dream several days ago, and I decided I wasn't going to share it with you because, honestly, I don't want to bog you down with more stuff. Now, I read her dream, I believe it was the last teaching, which I typically don't do that very much unless it totally bears witness with my spirit and totally lines up with scripture and totally lines up with maybe a teaching I've got coming. And literally, this is what's just falling into place here at least two times in a row uh, pretty crazy um but that's you know god can work that way that's awesome so i had another dream several days ago and decided i wasn't going to share it with you i didn't want to bog you down with more stuff as i know you have a lot on your plate after i had the dream um my husband told me he felt i should share it with you uh but i was hesitant because it seemed too soon since i just shared the other one I have said on this and I decided in my own heart to leave it there. I, the longer I kept it to myself, the more unrest I have in my spirit. Tonight I went to bed. Okay, so sorry I got interrupted there. Uh, tonight I went to bed and God woke me up several times and told me to send this to you. Oh, praise the Lord. Um, forgive me if this is burdensome to you in any way. What you do with it from here is up to you. I just had to be obedient and pass it on to you. God bless. Here's the dream I had. My husband and I were in the woods that lay near the very edge of what I'm assuming was our property. Um, I was on the phone talking to someone we know and commenting on something political in nature when my husband said something to me in the background, low enough so the person on the other end of the phone couldn't hear. He mentioned that the person I was speaking to would never get what I was trying to explain to him. The person I was speaking to is someone who is very set in their ways and isn't very easily persuaded. After talking a few minutes more, I heard something in this wooded area that I thought might be a bear or some kind of wild animal. I told my husband that I was going I was going to walk back to our property. He stayed back for a bit. When I arrived back to our huge yard, I was standing on the outside of some type of makeshift makeshift kennel or fenced area for our two huge dogs and their newly born puppies. Now, I have to tell you that this fence area, fenced area was just cheaply made fence that let dogs know they had to stay in the yard, uh, meaning it, that was all it was there for. It wasn't really going to stop much. As I was standing there, I looked right behind me, and running out of the woods was a wild boar, and it was running right towards me. And one of my kids stepped into the chicken coop area with the wild boar and the wild boar went straight for our dogs breaking through the fence with total ease our huge english mastiff dogs were no match for the boar i mean those dogs are serious typically too in fact i ever thought of if a dog if any dog could take on a boar a big boar it'd be mastiffs but i guess they weren't any match for the boar and it proceeded to devour the puppies 
I was screaming for my husband and he came out of the woods. He could do nothing to stop the boar. I remember feeling so angry and yelling that we were so foolish to have not been better prepared for something like this or that we should have had some type of gun to ward off wild animals if we were going to live out here. When I woke up, this Bible verse kept playing over and over in my mind. Psalm 83, no, I'm sorry, Psalm 80 verse 13. The boar out of the wood doth waste it. And the wild beast of the field doth devour it. Now, I'm going to go over that whole chapter in a little bit, but I don't really want to do it quite yet until we read more. So, again, the verse is, the boar out of the wood doth waste it. That's what happened. A boar came out of the woods and wasted these two English mastiffs and the puppies. And the wild beast of the field doth devour it. So, um interpretation i believe this is the interpretation she got from god the boar was symbolic of the enemies in our lives as christians and of the enemies of the children of this world um the large mastiff dogs were symbolic of the majority of the church who are asleep but who think they're just fine they are not able to protect themselves nor their own children the puppies that were being devoured by the wild boar are symbolic of the children who are being ravaged and devoured via sex trafficking. We're going to talk a lot more about that. Because you're not going to believe the email I got literally directly after I received this. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. In fact, I pasted the whole thing there. In fact, that's the reason this is a 21-page teaching. The church has been asleep and not praying against these things. And while they have done little to come against all of this, especially against like the child sex trafficking and the pedivore stuff and pedophilia and all that stuff. While they've done little to come against all this, they are deeply, there are deeply evil and perverted people trying to get laws passed now that would give them freedom to rape children without the penalties of law. Yeah, absolutely. That's where this is all heading. The poorly made fencing surrounding the dogs is symbolic of the false sense of security that has hushed the church to sleep. The very things they think are keeping them exempt from the enemy's attack are the things that are actually making um, them and their children vulnerable. They are wide open for attack and deception, but they can't see it because um, of what Revelation 3.17 says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And that's that's a description of the Revelation, Laodicean Revelation 3 church, which is basically the time period we're living in. So, um, now, myself and my husband were symbolic of the remnant of Christians who are actually awake, but who have not been preparing like they should. I was so regretful and mad at myself for not having a strong fence around those puppies to keep the enemies out, and for not having a gun to ward off any of the predators. It grieved me as I watched those puppies being devoured by the wild boar. It was too late for anything, though, uh, I had wished I had been prepared. The dream is a warning to the remnant of the church who are awake, probably you who are reading this or hearing this. The man I was speaking to on the phone while all of this was taking place was symbolic of a group of Christians that are operating in the church today. They are the ones who think they have all the answers, but they deny that God still speaks to his children today. They are part of the cessation theology movement, meaning all the stuff that the Bible says that we kind of are supposed to operate in, all that ceased. It's, it's cessation. Okay. 
The Holy Spirit has been expelled from their churches a long time ago. They are unable to discern this truth. They deny that anyone could possibly be healed today or that there could actually be miracles, dreams, prophecies, or anything like that. They think anything to do with spiritual warfare is silly. They utterly lack the power of God. I'm sure they're not doing any binding and loosing of spirits like Jesus gave us that authority. For my husband and per, and um, for my husband and personally, for me, this would be a picture of the Baptist Church. I couldn't agree more. That's what I came. Out. I mean, I told you, I told you all about the charismatic, but I went into then after that, I went into the most hardcore sects of independent, fundamental, King James only, unregistered church that you could imagine. I even spoke at their conferences, okay, till I was basically driven out because they didn't quite like my message on the pharmacia thing and the medical stuff very much. That was kind of one of the things that drove me out of the, one of the last teachings I, one of the last uh, conferences I spoke at. I've told that story before. Anyway, this is a warning to the remnant of the church who are awake but who have let their guard down since the presidential election was won in our favor in 2016. Please listen to this. Though we thought we would lose our country to that Jezebel, Hillary Clinton, we all got down on our knees and prayed. Remember all the, the prayers that we were doing at that point? In addition to this, the remnant of God the remnant of God's people went to war against the forces of evil that were operating in the election in, in, in Hillary Clinton, the fake news media outlets, the witches, etc. and God moved mountains. But now we are at a very critical point and I have a strong sense that those who really do know the truth and are awake are holding back for some reason. Now remember, combine this with the teaching I did last week on the dream that where she talked about the military tribunals and that being one of you know, if there's going to be any justice brought to the high-level pedivores and pedophiles, and I don't even want to use the word pedophiles because I know that means child lover, but um, uh, pedo predators is, is the thing that, um, a new term I just saw today regarding them. Pedivores are the ones that eat children. I, and I think most of the time that's the truth as well at that level. But um, um, anyway, kind of combine what we're talking with today with my last teaching i think it's important you would listen to them both anyway um those okay so we are at a critical point i have a strong sense that those who who do not know um who do not know the truth and are awake are holding back for some reason if we sit back and do little right now it will be too late and we will regret it i can't stress enough that in the dream the regret I felt for not having been prepared for what is coming. It's truly awful. I just had to stand there and watch those puppies being devoured. And there wasn't a single thing I could do at that point. Oh, that would be gut-wrenching. Um, the parents of the puppies were incapable of protecting their own children. But my husband and I could have made sure that there were protective measures in place so that even if their own parents were unable to protect them, those puppies would have been safe. Can you not see this as a picture of our role as Christians who need to take offensive and defensive action against the enemy? If we don't, who will? The rest of the church is asleep. Who will fight for the kids if we don't? Make no mistake about it. We will be held accountable. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 7. For the time is coming that judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And this is why I'm posting these big prayer points now with every single teaching i'm doing i'm really starting to emphasize the prayer not saying that i'm even praying enough about it but i'm trying to put the prayer points out there so that we have those with every single teaching so it's like one-stop shopping if you do nothing else pray if you feel led fast about these things and i added the points of this teaching into the current one i will be releasing 
So then how do we prepare? First, we have to ask God to search our hearts and reveal to us any sin and open doors to the enemy. Repentance and keeping short accounts with God are key. I really agree with that. And repentance and short accounts with God. Like when we sin, we go to God like in as close a proximity as that point and keep short accounts with God. That is a big key. And I haven't emphasized that enough in my ministry. Um, if we have undealt sin, Blind areas and open doors, and again, a lot of these would fall under presumptuous sins like I talked about earlier. Um, if we have any of that to the enemy that are not being taken care of in absolute humility and repentance, the powerful devils that are at work in this world will have us for lunch. If we are going to do any kind of spiritual warfare against the enemy, we have to make sure we are right with God and that all doors giving the enemy legal right to our lives are closed. Next, we have to be open to the still small voice of God. To be able to discern that voice, we have to get along with him and be quiet. Listen to what he is saying to us through his word. Everything should line up with God's word and nothing we get should contradict it. Prayer, Bible study, spiritual warfare, faith, abiding under his holy shadow. These are all so important. Lastly, we should really step back and take a look at what kind of church we are attending. Seriously, so many Christians are attending dead churches, churches that are linked up with the government through their 501c3 status, churches that deny the works and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the authority of the Christian to be able to do things like bind and loose, cast out demons, heal the sick, etc. Yes, I get it. There are movements out there that have completely abused the office of the Holy Spirit. And this, and with their abuse the office of the Holy Spirit with their false um, this and that. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't go too far on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, God is not the author of confusion. He is a God of balance. And in order, if we are to be yielded to him in humility and faith, he will surely show us the way to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's time to wake up to the fact that many of the churches are merely dead. Uh, and again, what did I just cover? And I had been meaning to cover that, but I was like, ah, I haven't really had the right. Now I, I know why this had to go in this teaching because of this exact reason. It's incredibly sad, but true. There are so many man-centered churches where the pastor is so exalted that many are never taught to question him. There's no accountability for the leadership in churches like this. And there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that God's people are unaware of, namely sexual abuse of children and teens, misappropriation of funds, and cult-like control over its members, just to name a few. I've personally seen this in the Baptist church, and I'm sure it's taking over in other denominations too. Please wake up. If you're reading this right now, get down on your knees and repent if you've been remiss in preparing and fighting in this war that is around us. It's not too late yet. Okay? I mean, I my, my reply was, Jody, I couldn't agree more, and in regard to the puppies being devoured in the Baptist church, see the picture below. I It was literally the next email. And I get a ton of emails. It was literally back to back. I got this email from a literal source that's not even Christian, but they put out a lot of good stuff. They put out a lot of good stuff on like um, the foster care abuse system and, and um, the vaccines, how they're wicked and evil. They put out good information. But anyway, I said, see the picture below. And this is not even from a Christian um, website putting this information out, which is typical as the modern day 501c3 church is either asleep or complicit regarding all the pedophilia, the pedophore crimes, and the child sex trafficking. This report was literally the next email I received after yours, and it was entitled, Pedophilia Crimes Against Children Inside and Outside of the Church. Time to acknowledge 
the child sex trafficking program. All right, well, let me let me go back. Before I do this, let me go back to Psalm 80 because I felt like that when I read the verse, I'm like, okay, but I want to know the full context of this chapter in order to have better light on this verse about the boar coming out of the woods devouring. So I'm just going to kind of try to go through this kind of rapid fire and, and so you have more of an idea of the context of that verse. So... It says, okay, verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Um, before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh stir up thy strength and come save us. So it's an appeal um, to come and save. And in particular, he's saying in specifically Ephraim, Benjamin, Manasseh. Okay, so some of the tribes of Israel. Turn us again, O Lord, and cause thy face to shine. We shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? So they're in a they're in an area of distress. They feel like God's turned his back from them. And it's an appeal for God to turn back to them. <clears throat> thou feedest them with the bread of tears and givest them the tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us, us a strife to our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Um, so this is a, these, this part of Israel at least these tribes they're mentioning, mentioning appear to be under God's judgment. Um, so turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Now, what is that in reference to? That's when, in reference to when God brought the remnant of Israel, or, or Israel out of Egypt from the Pharaoh. And then, you know, it says, Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. So this vine is literally Israel that God has planted. Okay, Thou preparest room before it and did cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. And I believe that's in reference to, well, the, the 40 years where they're wandering in the wilderness, another a generation come up and then going in to possess the promised land. But, I, but in order to do that, they had to deal with all the, the Nephilim and all the pagan cultures there um but he's he's acknowledging that god has brought this vine out of egypt and has cast out the heathen planted it and prepared room for it did cause it to take deep root and it filled the land the hills were covered with the shadow of it and the boughs were like goodly cedars and this is when god was blessing israel after particularly after they went into the promised land after that one generation had died off that didn't really have the faith to go in and possess it he raised up another one that did have the faith to possess it and they went in there they literally vanquished giants through god okay she sent out her bows into the sea this is this vine sent out her bows in the sea and her branches under the river and then it goes contrasting it says why hast thou then broken down her hedges so that all they which pass by do pluck her the boar out of the wood doth waste it and the wild beast of the field doth devour it and that's the verse that jody got now and then it goes on to say return we beseech thee o god of hosts look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine the vineyard which is thy right hand hath planted and the branch which thou made strong for thyself um and I've just seen if there's anything more pertinent here. But again, if you look at this, where it finally gets to this, the boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it, this vine. Well, what did the boar do in the dream? It came out and it and it wasted 
these two mastiff dogs and the puppies and um it was because you know the preparation hadn't been done there was no preparation or or, or people were asleep and and again you'd have to go back for the full interpretation of the dream but people weren't asleep and so the the children weren't protected and 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 the even the owners even the parents of the children weren't protected but yet they had thought that they were okay they had thought that they had prepared but God's judgment was upon them. He was letting this judgment come upon them. And this is what I kind of see happening. We could be right on the cusp of regarding America and regarding the church. And judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. And this boar, which cometh out of the wood and doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field to devour it. I mean, that thing could be literally right at the door right now, coming out to literally devour like the lukewarm Laodicean Christians that, you know, of the verse we read they think they're they're rich and they're in need of nothing but in god's eyes they're blind miserable wretched and naked so anyway i just wanted to give more of a context to that one particular verse because i was interested when i saw that verse i'm like okay let's let's see what the full context is anyway so then we go into this next report and it's entitled pedophilia crimes against children inside and outside the church now again this was the next email i got after i got jody's dream just like in the last one I did, I had all this confirmation literally that same day about these military tribunals. Well, this was no different. This was the next email I got. And it says, time to acknowledge the child sex trafficking program. And then they show a church of First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. These men of God sexually abuse children. And it says, um, earlier this year, Health Impact News, which is the author of this, investigative reporter John P. Thomas began a series of articles on child sex trafficking within the Roman Catholic Church. Here's a link to some of them. The Catholic Church and pedophilia, trafficking children as sex slaves, whistleblowing priests killed to prevent exposing pedophilia. Unbelievable. The pedophilia problem in the Catholic Church. So even there was some good priests in there who were trying to blow the whistle, they were killed. Because the Pope and the Catholic Church is just so stinking loving, okay? They just kill those that, you know, you, you know they got to be able to rape the little children wholesale and not have anybody expose them. Other Christians who are not part of the Catholic Church might be tempted to believe that such horrible crimes could never happen in their particular church or denomination. However, the Star-Telegram of Fort Worth, Texas, has recently published a series of articles covering an eight-month eight investigation in the independent fundamental baptist churches across the u.s showing and this is independent fundamental baptist churches this is the same this is the same group i believe that um jody and her husband came out of and i came out of okay so this is really ringing true for me at this point um an eight-month investigation in the independent fundamental baptist churches these aren't even southern baptists this isn't even like one of the this isn't even the biggest baptist denomination within the Baptist church, you know, anyway, but this was across the U S showing that sexual abuse against children has been rampant and covered up for years. And here's a whole bunch of links to different reports, hundreds of sex abuse allegations found in the fundamental Baptist churches across America. Uh, and then another one, these men of God sexually abused children. They found refuge at other churches. So they just moved them around just like the Catholic church does. Um, then another one, my earliest memory of being molested, when I was four years old, it was in Sunday school. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going on in the, the 501c3 churches, not just the Baptist, but all over. 
According to their investigative team, a team of our four investigators searched news reports and court filings from across the country for cases of abuse. The Star-Telegram reporter Kaylee Johnson put in dozens of record requests for police reports and court cases. I mean, these people really have done their homework. The Star-Telegram also reviewed court documents, emails, notarized statements, text messages, notes from contemporaneous conversations, Bible college class material, and books written by independent fundamental Baptist pastors. The Star-Telegram counted 187 independent fundamental Baptist churches and affiliated institutions that have been affected by sexual abuse allegations. 187. The Star-Telegram included in its court church in its court count churches where alleged abusers had served before or after alleged abuse occurred because the allegations could affect the congregants. Each institution was counted only once, even if it had multiple abusers. The Star-Telegram found 412 sexual misconduct allegations in total. Some of the alleged abusers have only one allegation against them. Others have accusers in the double digits. Now, you have to understand, this is just the ones that have been found. This is just the ones where the people have come forward and um, tried to get some justice. But that might only be a small fraction of the actual true amount of abuses that are going on because most of the time, out of shame, out of the whole thing of, oh, I don't want to betray my Baptist faith, I don't want to betray my pastors. I don't want to be ostracized by my congregation. I don't want to be ostracized by my friends. They keep their mouth shut. Or they just repress it. So who knows? This this might be one-tenth of what's going on. I don't know. But I mean, God does, but I don't. Um, some of the alleged abusers have only one allegation against them. Other of the accusers have double, they go into the double digits of allegations. 45 alleged abusers were permitted to continue serving in the ministry after allegations were brought to church officials, even sometimes law enforcement, meaning they were brought to law enforcement as well. In all, the Star-Telegram interviewed over 200 people, pastors, ex-pastors, ex-members, current members, theologians, people who said they'd been abused, and people who have been convicted of sex crimes. So churches, both Catholic and non-Catholic churches, are a huge part of the child sex trafficking problem in the United States. These religious institutions receive significant government funding, not only through the 501c3 subsidies, but also for foster care and adoption services, which we have reported for years now is a child trafficking multi-billion dollar business employing hundreds of thousands of people. And again, how much have I been emphasizing the child sex trafficking? Literally since before, way before Trump got in office, but also you know, since then, and now this is a whole other wrinkle that I haven't even really covered. I've, I've talked a lot about the Catholics, but not so much the other denominations. And then this, these religious institutions receive significant government funding for foster care and adoption services, which we've reported on for years now, is a child trafficking multi-billion dollar business, employing hundreds of thousands of people. Here's a, here's a link to a report entitled The U.S. Foster Care System, Modern-Day Slavery and Child Trafficking, Child Kidnapping and Trafficking and Lucrative U.S. Business Funded by Taxpayers. And then we go on. Church-sponsored organizations mo most also receiving significant government funds are necessary for the state to continue taking children away from their parents and putting them into the lucrative foster care and adoption system. And then a lot of times they're just 
they disappear and or they're raped there and or sexually abused and or sold into child sex trafficking. I've covered that before. Here are a few examples. For example, of Baptists participating in foster care business. Free Will Baptist Children's Home. Florida Baptist Children's Homes. Houston First Baptist. We are not accusing any of these organizations for wrongdoing or denying that they do provide some valuable services to their communities. We are simply pointing out that children are being sexually abused in a corrupt foster care and adoption child trafficking business, and that includes these organizations. Earlier this year, Lisa Willier of the National Review published a commentary entitled Pro-Life Should Include Foster Care Too, criticizing American churches for not participating more in state-sponsored foster care programs. However, it is clear that the churches are part of the problem, not the solution, when they allow the children to be trafficked, especially to pedivores and pedophiles. Here's another report. State-funded foster care in the church, part of the problem, not part of the solution. I mean, they've got, man, this is... There's so many links to other reports here that bolster every point they're making. They, they really did their homework on this. It is likely that many well-intentioned church members are largely unaware of the abuses happening in the foster care and the adoptive system. As the Texas judge Janice Graham Jack has written in her ruling that the state of Texas foster care system is unconstitutional, abuses within the system, um, very, very few children are removed from their families due to abuse these are the norm this these abuses in the system are the norm texas pmc or permanent manage, managing conservatorship children have been shuttled throughout a system where rape abuse psychotropic medication and instability are the norm and here's another um report entitled judge condemns texas foster care system that abuses abuses children as unconstitutional Time for the public to wake up and understand that child sex trafficking is a huge problem and not a conspiracy theory. As we have investigated the problem of child sex trafficking, we have discovered that the problem reaches to the most elite members of society and that they depend upon the public not understanding what is happening or minimizing it and excusing most reports as conspiracy theories. But you know what else they really, really depend on? The church not finding out about it and coming against it in mass via prayer and fasting. Because that's the most important thing that could actually take it down. You could do all the grassroots stuff in the world, but if God is not behind it, if there's not prayer behind it, if there's not fasting behind it, I don't think it's going to really have any long-term effect. Because again, it's one of those all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags when we're trying to do stuff apart from Christ. God can use secular people in order to bring people to judgment, but I really feel that it's got to still have prayer behind it. See, God can even use the prayer of a Christian to help a secular person take down a pedophile ring. Right? I mean, hasn't that happened since Trump's been in office? All these pedophile rings going down? And they, they the, most of the pedophile rings going down, they're not Christians bringing them to justice. I'm sure some of them are. But they're law enforcement. You know? So, it's just something to think about there. Uh, going further. In response to this problem, we recently covered the meeting earlier this year in Westminster, London, by the International Tribunal for Nat Natural Justice as the court convened over a three-day period to launch their ju judicial commission of inquiry into human and child sex trafficking. And we're going we're gonna to listen to that soon. Um, and then we have this, 800,000 children in the U.S. missing each year. International, I've done whole studies on this. Just keep missing children. And I've done tons on this. 800,000 children in the u.s missing each year and that might be very conservative 
International Tribunal Exposes Pedophilia Problem. Victims testify of child sex trafficking and satanic ritual abuse because it's always connected. That's a link to the, a whole other report that I don't have time to go into. Therefore, in the third installment, but we are going to go into that subject in the last part of this study. Therefore, in the third installment of John P. Thomas's investigative reports into child sex trafficking, we seek to help the public understand the full scope of this horrific problem. This problem will continue to exist until enough people in the public wake up and decide something needs to be done to stop these horrible crimes against our most vulnerable citizens, our children. And this part is entitled Crimes Against Children. And I realized to make this just a whole separate part here. Uh, it's part of this article, but it's really... Okay, so this is by John P. Thomas. Unless the nature of criminal immoral activities such as child sex trafficking, child torture, child rape, trauma-based mind control programming, and child blood sacrifices on the altars of Satan are clearly understood, it will be difficult to intervene in the dark system that is consuming perhaps as many as 8 million children in the world every year. Now, remember, I said 800,000 in America, but worldwide they're saying it could be conservatively 8 million worldwide. And again, they're not even going into the whole Nephilim, the whole deep underground military bases that our government has set up in league with these things. That it's, it's commonly known that these Nephilim-type creatures consume children and babies just like the Satanists do. Because, you know, if you were Satan and you wanted to defile the planet to the greatest degree, what would you go after? You'd go after the children because the, the blood of the innocent children defile the land and... They vampirize the, in, the innocence of the children. They use them in occult ceremonies to gain more power. There's all of these things they're trying to accomplish. They, get, they take the adrenochrome from their bloodstream and drink their blood at the highest moment of torture after they're, when they're killing them. And that way they get this high off the adrenochrome in the blood that's secreted because they're so terrorized. So there's all these different agendas they're trying to accomplish. Acts of child molestation are commonly called pedophilia. Pedophilia is defined as child love. Clearly, this term is a misnomer. There's nothing loving about raping children, feeding children into the sex trade, torturing children, and using mind control techniques to turn them into slaves, or trying to, or tying them to altars where they're gang raped prior to being mutilated and killed as an offering to Satan. Well, you know what? You know this guy. This guy writes the way I like because it's right out there. It's he's pulling no punches and he's not holding anything back. And I don't, you know, I, warning. I, I should have gave a slight proviso warning here because this this is like really really heavy duty content and some of this really children should not hear um from here on out especially thus i will not use the word pedophilia in this article but instead i will call the perpetuators of such evil pedivores because they consume children literally just like hillary clinton and huma abedin another term that i will use for these people is pedo predators because they prey upon children like snakes or wild beasts prey upon animals they kill and eat pedivores use children as consumable products they freely use them for their sexual gratification, for their financial gain, and for their satanic rituals. Um, this article in the next installment in the series about child molestation and predators in the series is about child molestation and predators who destroyed the lives of children. The first two articles focused on the scandals rocking the Catholic Church. What our research has uncovered is that the issue of predators destroying the lives of children are much more widespread than we ever imagined. The Roman Catholic Church and other religious institutions are not the only perpetrators of crimes against children. 
Children are abused in numerous secret societies in the CIA and other governmental agencies and many different religious organizations and families and in every imaginable program that has been designed to serve the needs of children. Child Protective Services and both law enforcement and judicial systems rarely protect, protect children from this abuse and sadly they often contain pedophile rings of abusers who perpetuate these crimes against children they are sworn to protect while protecting the pedophiles themselves. Warning, adult content. The remainder of this article contains graphic and gruesome depictions of what happens to children. I will not sanitize the truth to make the crime seem less horrific. These crimes can be roughly organized into four categories, though there is most certainly overlap between the crimes. Number one, child molestation. Two, child pornography and prostitution. Three, child sacrifice. And four, trauma-based mind control slavery. I will not be discussing child forced labor for, for manufacturing and harvesting of organs from children for transportation. That's a whole other ball of wax. Invo or involuntary medical experimentation or the use of children as soldiers in war because I need to limit I need to limit the scope of these articles. Kidnapping and selling children are also crimes which go hand in hand with some of the other crimes against children. It is the beginning point for the horrors of the abuse that follow. Number one, child molestation. These children are fondled, exposed to various forms of sexuality and then anally, orally, and vaginally raped. These children usually reside in local communities with their parents or caregivers and are victimized by the pedivores who also live in the same communities. They're usually released by pedivores after molestation. Sometimes children are killed, but not usually. The full extent of damage caused by molestation is often not immediately seen. And I'm getting to a point here. Molestation is likely a slow-acting poison. It permeates every aspect of the child's life for many years to come. As these children mature, their lives will be marked by dysfunctional relationships, depressions, low self-esteem, distorted views of sex, mistrust of adults, and immune system suppression, which eventually unfolds in long-term chronic illness. Now, coincidentally, I also just received this comment about the Baptist church. And this is me talking, okay? So I added this in at this point because it's right exactly where it needs to be. And this comment that I just received today says, I just read an article last night by the same website, meaning the website that's putting this information out. And it was all about the sexual abuse going on in the Baptist churches. We actually know some of the people, remember this is, this is adult content only I'm getting into here. We actually know some of the people in the article we read last night about the Baptist church. These were people that were in our Baptist circle. In fact, I'm, and I, I'm assuming... Well, anyway, I don't want to get too specific here. But anyway, in fact, my husband told my husband's old pastor was listed as one of the pastors helping the perverts in the Baptist movement stand the radar. I was roommates with our pastor's daughter years ago, and she was raped by the youth pastor of our church. And remember, this is, I believe, an independent fundamental Baptist church. When she told her dad, the pastor of our church, so she told her dad, who had been raped by the youth pastor, when she told her own dad, the only thing he did is he quietly moved that creep out of our church into some other poor church. Now, um, well, I'd be careful what I say because it's not very Christian, but um, that dude, uh, unless God held me back, he wouldn't be breathing if he had done that to my daughter. But yet all this guy did was move this guy out of the church after his own daughter had been raped? Are you kidding me?
I mean, talk about justice standing afar off. That's it, to me, it's almost the norm in a lot of the the churches now, where there's no true there's no true church discipline. There's no justice in the church. There's no none of that, and that's another reason the church is such a mess. Look at First Corinthians chapter five about church justice, just one form of it, turning such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the soul may be saved, you know? And that wasn't as bad as what she just described. Anyway, it gets worse. He quietly moved the creep out of our church into some other poor church. It's what they do. His daughter became a lesbian shortly after I was living with her. Eventually, she ended up marrying one of my husband's best friends, which concerned us because she was quite a mess. Another man at our Baptist church forced... This is really bad, okay, but I want to say it. Another man at the Baptist church forced his daughter to give him oral sex, and she choked to death. His own daughter. I mean, I can't even remotely comprehend the territory we've entered. My best friend has been through the ringer with her husband because his youth pastor, his youth pastor, got him drunk as a teenager and raped him. So he's a gay guy at, or bisexual, I don't know, and raped um, her best friend's um, husband. Oh, her my best friend has been through the ringer with her husband because his youth pastor got him drunk as a teenager and raped him. Now my friend's husband is a train wreck as an adult man. Now what did I just say? What did they just what did this report just say? The full extent of damage caused by molestation is often not seen. Molestation is like a slow-acting poison. It permeates every aspect of the child's life for many years to come. As these children mature, their lives will be marked for dysfunctional relationships, depressions, low self-esteem, distorted views of sex, mistrust of adults, and immune system suppression, which eventually unfolds in long-term chronic illness. And she's just confirming all of this. And I literally got this comment today, too. One of my close friends, same thing with her husband. I guess that Another one of her close friends, her husband got raped by, I don't know if it was the youth pastor or whatever, got him drunk as a teenager and raped him. I don't know. It was the exact same scenario, but yeah. His parents are missionaries and they didn't even press any charges. It's all kept secret in these Baptist churches. So, so glad God showed us the truth and got us out of there. What did I just talk about recently with that thing I did on the Mandela thing? Where they literally knew like eight years ago about the Mandela and they were told sent out a briefing or, or literally called people into this one meeting and this is just one sect of the baptist church just keep your mouth shut about it we know about it just 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 keep and, and basically just basically just label anybody you know as crazy or whatever if they bring it up and, and ostracize them and do whatever you got to do so nobody finds out about it okay literally eight years ago before i even had a clue of what was going on or however many six years ago eight i don't know That's what they do. They cover up stuff. They sweep it under the rug. So the second point, child pornography and prostitution. Children are kidnapped and trafficked in the international sex trade. They can be raped uh, by the hour and may only live a few uh, years before the physical and emotional damage is so severe that their captors simply kill them because they are no longer useful or profitable. This is so unbelievably gut-wrenching and evil. I, I, you can't even comprehend this. 
They are used to make child pornography films and possibly child snuff films. Snuff films show actual film footage of people being raped, tortured, and then killed to stimulate the sexual pleasure of those who purchase the videos on the dark web. And this is where that video of Hillary in whom Aberdeen surfaced on the dark web that got leaked from Anthony Weiner's laptop. This is what you can, this is, this is why cryptocurrency, from what I could understand, Bitcoin was originally created in order to fund this stuff, in order to have a way to transact on the dark web. You won't find links to any real snuff films on the internet search since they are recordings of criminal activities. For this reason, there's considerable propaganda that suggests that snuff films don't exist. Yeah, right. They exist. Evidence, however, is strong that recordings of children being tortured, raped, and killed are being made for high-priced purchasers who can pay several thousands of dollars per video. I mean, you just can't even possibly wrap your head around any of this garbage. Uh, Three, child torture and sacrifice. Other children are kidnapped and channeled into dark occult activities where they are destroyed and consumed in satanic rituals. Their lives are taken on altars dedicated to Satan, Lucifer, Moloch, and other gods of darkness, just like they are doing in biblical times. The Bible talks about the sacrificial ritual usually begins with gang raping of the child. <sighs> Children are, are further tortured by cutting, stabbing, and other types of mutilation designed to cause pain and intense fear, which produces high levels of adrenaline and really adrenochrome in the, in the blood. Sometimes the adrenaline-rich blood is consumed by the pedivores to get an intense adrenaline rush. But I think, again, it's a little more accurate terms also adrenochrome. Um, the pedivores may enjoy watching the child bleed to death or they may hasten the process of death by dismemberment. Sometimes babies are burned alive as sacrifices dedicated to Moloch, just like they did in the Old Testament, as has been done for more than 3,000 years. Well, I think we could take it back further than that even. Four, trauma-based mind control slavery. Extremely sophisticated techniques of physical torture and emotional abuse are used to break the consciousness of children into pieces to create children with multiple personalities. The most effective programming happens during the first six or seven years of life. Programming sometimes begins in the womb with electroshock treatments. The programming is designed to create a permanent replacement for the true self. The slave is intended to obey their handlers and needs their secret and the needs of their secret organizations. A handler is a person who manages, monitors, and fortifies the mind control processes to be sure the programming does not fail. Compassion, empathy, independent thinking, and love for others is driven far underground so that the lives of the mind control slave will be dominated by greed, lust, and power and obedience to their handlers. Sometimes the goal of the mind control programmers is to create a slave with multiple personalities who have multiple lives which are intended to be completely disconnected from one another. These victims are managed by handlers who maintain the programming and established tasks to, for the slave to complete. The handlers are able to use the programming to force the slave to switch from one personality or alter to another and to, to do the bidding of the handler. The mind control techniques used with children were enhanced after World War II through the research done under the CIA's MKUltra mind control program. Former Nazi researchers such as Joseph Mengele were brought to the United States through Project Paperclip to mastermind and refine these techniques. This, this article is highly, highly referenced to. Everything that we're talking about, most of all the stuff I've covered in the past, but it's very highly referenced. Um, mind control children are used as sex slaves, pres presidential level blackmailers drug smugglers, high-profile entertainers, and world-class athletes. Yes, even athletes. 
when they reach adulthood, they occupy positions in every profession. <laughs> a lot of it's in clergy too, because the Luciferians and the Satanists, it's one of the prime professions. And this is why you probably see a lot of this molestation taking place by these people. A lot of them are, are literally not just deceived, deluded Christians. They're literally Satanists. They commonly serve as university facility, high-level religious leaders. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland, the other guy that was he was with, that's, that's a great example right there. Uh, corporate executives, mainstream media workers, and for various other tasks that control and, and shape the thinking and behavior of general society. They're also called monarch slaves or just monarchs. In the extreme mind control programmers, seek to supply the networks of certain secret satanic elite groups with a race of mind control zombies. They function as mindless assassins, crazed gunmen, and agent provocateurs. A lot of these mass shootings and stuff that are literally blamed on a patsy, and this is what you're seeing triggered is these mind control slaves. I've said that a lot too. It takes many years to program a monarch control mind control slave. Thus, these children are intended to stay under the control of their handlers for a lifetime or until they are deemed unfit for work. Some are scheduled for being killed at their 30th birthday. Sometimes they are used as sa satanic sacrificial victims when they are no longer seen as valuable. It is important to note that even though trauma-based mind control programming involving torture and repeated rape is intended to last for a lifetime, it can fail when unanticipated events trigger the release of memories. When this happens, like Kathy O'Brien, she got out. Uh, and then Bryce Taylor. There's, there's been quite a few women that have broke out of it. When this happens, memories of trauma, abuse, and activities committed as slaves begin to flow into the consciousness of the true self. Sometimes the process starts with unexplained nightmares or vivid memory fragments that pop into the mind. The recollection and assimilation of hidden memories is often a very messy process with intense emotional volatility. A person might think he or she is going insane as the horrific memories are re-experienced. The restoration of a unified consciousness or a single personality can be achieved through the use of various deprogramming techniques with the assistance of loving helpers. Well, I really believe you have to have Jesus Christ as the primary center of that. And I know that's what Fritz Springmeier uh, endeavored to do too for a while. Uh, how many children go missing each year? The exact number of children who are molested, trafficked, sacrificed on altars, and subjected to trauma-based mind control every year are not easy to determine. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, there are 800,000 children who go missing every year in the United States. That's according to their official statistics. 800,000. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay, and this is referenced. There's a reference to that. Uh, worldwide, though, the estimate is 8 million go every year missing. Some of these children may eventually be found, but many others disappear without a trace. There are a few mainstream media, story, mainstream media stories about this topic of missing children. The estimate of 800,000 children in the United States does not include children who are born without birth certificates. When breeders produce children for satanic sacrifices, they do not obtain birth certificates, so that's all off the books. Also, my comment, what about the breeding programs they have in the underground bases, in these dumbs, these deep underground military bases, which could be under the sea, which could be under the ground. I mean, you could have a host of things there this number also does not include plane loads of unregistered children who are legally brought into the united states through the clandestine activities of the government military operations and other black market enterprises and this is like i said this is one of the main reasons that like uh, nasty pelosi and, and schumer who were fighting with trump today in the oval office or wherever that was at why they're trying so hard to make sure the borders stay open because they want to make sure 
the drugs keep coming over, but even more importantly, for the pedivore networks, the satanic Luciferian pedivore networks, they got to have their constant supply of little children to gang rape and into eat into sacrifice okay that's a big big reason why he's gotten such resistance to this wall one of the main reasons and there's a lot of other reasons too we've got into but that's i'd say that's right near the top um this number also does not include the hundreds of thousands of children who are voluntarily subjected to trauma-based mind control by their parents or caregivers these children are not even missing the FBI indicated that it received 464,324 missing child reports in 2017. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children indicated that they responded to 3,633 reports of possible child sex trafficking in 2017. But what about the other 335,000 out of the estimated 800,000 children who go missing every year? These children were not reported to the FBI. What happened to them? The truth is we just don't know. Estimates from people who have investigated satanic ritual abuse indicate that 50,000 children are sacrifi sacrificed annually. Well, I think that's an incredibly low number. Um, it is estimated that more than 30 million Satan worshipers participate in very secret societies in the United States. These people subject their children to trauma-based mind control, which at some point will include each of their children witnessing the sacrifice of a kidnapped child as a key part of the mind control programming process in many cities the powerful positions occupied by the pedo, pedo predators in law enforcement in the criminal justice system in the juvenile court system and in the child protective services make it nearly impossible to use these organizations to address the crimes against children because they're a part of the problem that's why i said the only way this could ever possibly be handled is through prayer and fasting of the true remnant it's not going to happen any other way I mean, God can open the door, like I said, for other people to intervene and expose these networks. But unless there's mass prayer and fasting over, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change. This is all way too entrenched, satanically speaking. They will not investigate allegations of trauma-based satanic mind control programming or satanic ritual abuse and sacrifice because they're under control of the certain elite groups and corrupt officials within their organizations. The International Tribunal for Natural Justice is invest or the ITNJ is investigating the international network of criminal activity that is abusing children. Robert David Steele, their chief counsel, and you've probably heard him a lot lately if you've been listening to any of the mainstream reports. I'm not saying I agree with him about everything, but um, I think he's got some great ideas. But you know, I, it's going to take a literal miracle for a lot of those ideas to come to fruition. But anyway. Robert David Steele, their chief counsel, has been examining the data concerning the numbers of abused children. Mr. Steele is the CEO of Earth Intelligence Network. He was recommended for the Nobel Peace Prize and is a former operations officer of the clandestine service of the CIA. He was the co-founder of the Marine Corps Intelligence Command. He has trained over 8,000 intelligence and law enforcement representatives across 66 countries. Um, Mr. Steele, oh, and this is the end of it, okay. Mr. Steele stated... In part, during the opening remarks of the ITNJ meeting in Westminster, England in 2018. Um, and I'll play this at the end, but I'll read this at the very end. There's a sober tone to these articles because the topics are so serious. The good news is, is that people are waking up to the reality of crimes that the pedo predators are committing against children. Every time a person realizes what is happening to our children and shares the truth with others, the light of truth shines a little further into the darkness 
Uh, and again, that's why I have this ministry. I'm trying to shed light on this truth. We're contending for truth. And usually truth is brutal, especially the more evil the time you live in. It's just brutal. And unfortunately, contending for truth is a very brutal ministry in regard to the truth that I feel like I have to set forth. I don't feel like I have a choice, really. You know, I mean, I want to do it, but it's like, this is exhausting. This is horribly draining to do studies like this and, and to hear this type of stuff. But nevertheless, is it, how do you think the children feel? You know, I mean, all the millions, dare I say billions of children that have been sacrificed from time and immemorial, you know, going back to the days of Noah and before that or whatever till now. You could, it's got to be a billion. You know what I mean? I mean, there's like, what, seven billion on the earth right now? You start adding all these children up. I mean, that is so much innocent blood crying out from the land. And I really believe that it's got to be the one of the, the main things that God would want us to focus in on. You know? Um, can't imagine there really being a bigger you know priority than that uh going further the light of truth shines a little further into the darkness of the criminal underworld and the operations of certain elite societies who are working to expand their world dominance their plans are being destabilized and will eventually be overturned by the light of truth as it passes from person to person so i'm going to go ahead and end it with this with this um audio here And this is the International Tribunal for Natural Justice for the People, by the People, Return of the Rule of Law and Common Sense. And you're going to hear this Chief Counsel, Robert David Steele, address this council right now. Let me say first off that this is a event and with enormous, enormous energy and intelligence, all of us have been brought together to try to bring out some of the aspects. Uh, so if I may, I, I have prepared an overview statement based on my work these many past weeks. And I want to just say that as a parent and as a patriot, I'm absolutely outraged by what we're allowing to happen to our children. Uh, this, I mean, humanity is judged on how you treat the weakest member uh, of, the, um, of the society. Let me say that although pedophilia, which says child love, has nothing to do with the abuse of children, uh, these children are not just kidnapped and in some cases bred by families as a cash crop. We have people in the United States of America that breed children in order to sell them. Mm -hmm. And when they are sold, they come without birth certificates, which means it's easier to kill them and have no one ask where they are. We're also importing children by the plane load. Again, children who have no documentation. It's not just child slavery or child sex abuse. It's also child torture because you have adrenalized blood. You, you have the, the whole blood drinking ceremony of the satanic world. It's also the uh, use of children for harvesting body organs. We'll have the Falun Gong uh, testimony tomorrow. Um, one of the reasons that the Falun Gong are so popular is because they're so healthy. 
so that you can harvest their body organs uh, with and get and get the very best. And then you have ritual ceremonies and ritual murder, uh, as well as incidental murder. Uh, I um, I have been a spy. I'm out from undercover. I'm under a lifetime secrecy agreement. I absolutely. Uh, tell you without doubt I have no secrets that I can remember uh, so uh, if when I go to Iran soon they can torture me there's nothing there <laughs> for them to get um, but I know the system I've been a spy all over the world I have uh, created the Marine Corps Intelligence Command uh, I have trained um, intelligence and law enforcement representatives over 8,000 of them from across 66 countries they're all without exception good people trapped in a bad system and one of the most wonderful things that this court could achieve now that we've had Pizzagate for example which opened people's mind is we could achieve a an opening of the public mind and an absolute imperative from the public to governments including the US government which I think is the center of gravity in, in so many ways. I have found in my research in preparation for this court and all of the work that will follow that most organizations that end up being um, used to prey on children, Oxfam is a recent example, uh, all of the United Nations organizations, the Boy Scouts of America, all of the child services agencies across the United States of America, they did not start out as organizations to prey on children. But they attract pedophiles. And ultimately, pedophiles end up rising in the ranks and controlling those organizations. So that an organization that initially started out in the service of children becomes an organization that is, in fact, hunting children. And one of our distinguished commissioners has written an absolutely wonderful book called Child Hunters, which I recommend to all of you um, as a brief on this. <clears throat> Governments are letting us all down. And I absolutely agree with the commissioner who brings forward the need to uh, restore the sovereignty of we the people because governments have become not only bureaucratized, but they are now the servants of the deep state, of the banks. And if I may, the deep state is not the same as the shadow government. As I say, every organization is 90% good people trapped in a bad system. It's the highest 10% that is generally the rogue killer element. Um, the shadow government is generally politicians. Just like in religion, the, the highest 10% are generally that I'm not, and again, not to say that everybody in all these 501c3 churches are all horrible people. That wasn't my experience at all. But again, the highest echelons, if the head is sick, the whole body's going to be sick. Okay, that's a satanic, Luciferian type, or even a biblical principle. And that's why they want to get the highest level perverts and devils at the highest levels because they know it's going to affect everything underneath it in a horrific way and bring a collective curse on the whole organization. And also bring in a ton of demons. I won't speak to England, but in the United States of America, we have a two-party tyranny, which disenfranchises 70% of the public. And so they run this chimera of an election process. One of the problems with computers is they're too easily manipulated. In the United States of America, elections are decided before the first vote is cast. The electronic voting machines are essentially fraudulent machines, just as computers can record a fraudulent judgment that sticks with you uh, forever or make a child vanish.
I am concerned because most of these organizations dealing with children don't have counterintelligence protection. They're not vetting the people that are moving up in the ranks. And the government is allowing that to happen. So what you have essentially is these, the pedophiles generally appear to be the most wonderful, sociable people. You know, let Sally sit on Uncle John's lap uh, because he's such a loving uncle. Unbeknownst to people, Uncle John is actually a predator. Uh, we're not doing the counterintelligence at the local level, the province level, or the national level. Uh, it's absolutely essential that we begin to talk about this openly. And while we are not a law enforcement commission, we can, in fact, turn information over to law enforcement. And I believe we will render a signal service to the people of Great Britain and to other countries by being a magnet for information. Um, it's been my experience that when you put out one piece of free information, it attracts 100 pieces of information from others, of which 10 are priceless. So there's a 10 to 1 return on investment. And this commission seeks to create an online library and some other things that I'll talk about in a moment. And I believe we will serve as a magnet, a hub, a catalyst for a new emerging global consciousness about pedophilia and all of its uh, aspects. There is great cause for alarm. There are two great causes for alarm uh, beyond the actual fact of pedophilia and its existence, which, as uh, as Grace has pointed out, has gone on for centuries. First, the elite appear to be seeking to infect local and provincial law enforcement officers with a taste for pedophilia. There appears to be a very deliberate attempt to push this interest in pedophile movies, including movies that include bestiality. I'm very concerned because we're seeing some snuff movies now, and we're seeing some movies in which military war dogs are raping children, including toddlers. And these movies may have come out of the American occupation of Afghanistan and the boredom of U.S. Army and Marine Corps troops, where in Afghanistan, pedophilia is common. It's a standard practice at the village level. Yeah, the, the Dancing Boys of Afghanistan. You've heard me mention that before. The bocce or whatever they call it. Boy love. Man boy love or whatever. It's just it's as common over there as you can even... It's like it, I told you about the documentary. I saw it one time and, you know, they would tr go and try to, like, you know, interview these policemen and stuff that were trying, you know, that should have been protecting the children. And they would just... They'd almost look at you like with disdain and disbelief that you were even bringing this up because it was such a part of their disgusting pig culture, this uh, pedo-predator type behavior, that how dare you even bring that up? And so it's absolutely ingrained. So those spirits that, that emanate and operate are going to affect the people over there, especially if they're not saved military war dogs plus common pedophilia and video cameras which every u.s soldier and marine has is a very very toxic combination and i'm seeing direct evidence that that is one of the most horrible things that's come out of afghanistan Ugh. uh in recent um I, I had no idea about that what he just mentioned in recent years now let me also tell you that we have um we have a second concern, and the witness has really most magnificently outlined um, asset stripping. The core 
message from this asset stripping is that the same machine that strips children from families strips wealth from those who are being preyed upon. Not just whistleblowers, but as we'll hear on Wednesday, husbands stupid enough to try and hide their money by moving it offshore so that they don't have to share with their wife. What husbands do when they turn over their money to intermediaries who are part of this system is mark themselves as a target. They might as well paint a target on their forehead because they have now become prey for a system that recognizes people who uh, are asking to be made destitute. Now, it's my, not my working assumption, but uh, the, the working assumption yet to be proven that the totality of the children disappearing worldwide is toward 8 million people, toward 8 million children. In the United States of America, the acknowledged number, not counting the children being bred without birth certificates, not counting the children being imported without documentation, is between 600 and 800,000 a year. Now imagine Africa and East Asia and all these other locations. I personally believe that the number we want to try to document is rising well beyond the official figures, and we will we have yet to learn what the actual number is. Okay. So again, if it's rising beyond the projected figures, well, that's eight million a year worldwide. This isn't including all the abortions, which is about from from the global statistics I've seen about a hundred thousand per day worldwide abortions now we think of america four thousand a day or whatever but worldwide because this is not what god's concerned about worldwide abortions i mean he's not just concerned about the ones i mean he is but it's just not the it's about the other ninety six thousand worldwide every day they're being aborted what about the ones uh morning after pill those are abortions you know or contraceptives that work in an abortifactive way like the pill or the patch um those types of 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 contraceptives that can work in an abortifactive way meaning you get pregnant but because the line into the uterus has been so interfered with by the pill or the patch or these hormonal types of birth of birth control conception occurs but then the implanted egg the baby cannot implant into the uterus because the lining has been so affected by the hormones of the contraceptives. So, you know, we have no idea how many abortions are taking place on a daily basis. And then you could, you combine it with this that we're talking about here. And I mean, you can't even imagine like what God feels about all this. I mean, you, you can't even comprehend what, you know, what's going on there. Um, it's, it's frightening stuff. The other working assumption is how long do these children survive within this system? What I am hearing from the witnesses that I've talked to is two years. It may be longer. It may be four years, it may be six years, but by and large, these children are so abused. I mean, we're talking rapes by the hour and so forth, that they reach their expiration date uh, within two years. And then they're murdered with impunity, or they're ritually murdered if that's what they've been bred for. 
So I think we need to document this. No one else has done this before in a systematic manner. This commission is rendering a signal service by seeking to do an overall view in the public interest. Um, this will be a massive, massive undertaking. And while the preliminary attempt is to do a six-month to nine-month uh, endeavor, uh, subject to funding availability and um, the availability of witnesses and also prisoners, there are a number of prisoners who can be debriefed, who, when properly debriefed by specialists, can really give a deeper understanding that has not been achieved by existing law enforcement and other agencies because they simply treat these people when they catch them in those rare instances when they catch them, as disposable goods to be thrown into prison and, and forgotten about. And tomorrow we will have some expert testimony from one of our commissioners who can speak to this far, far uh, better than I. William Binney is my counterpart. He is for NSA what I am to CIA, which is to say he is saying, as I am saying, that we can delete 70% of our respective organizations and put the other 30% to work. But Binney is also the author of Thin Thread, which is a way of doing deep discovery in unstructured databases and the internet. And so he is prepared to actually help us do pedophilia tracking worldwide. And one of the things that the other technical commission, Stephen Arnold is very good at, is de-anonymizing the internet. This includes every image having a fingerprint. So you can take a, a, an image of a child being uh, abused and you can track that image uh, through the, the dark web. So there are resources that we can bring to bear in support of this commission's mission. My favorite technical commission is Arno Reuser from the Netherlands, who is a master librarian. He is so good that when the Dutch intelligence community realized it didn't know enough about the world, they recruited him to create the Open Source Intelligence Center for Dutch intelligence. And as with the endeavors that I helped create in the United States, and in fact for Scotland Yard, very quickly people found out that they could get 40 to 60% of what they knew very cheaply using open sources of information. That's not what government intelligence agencies do today. They want to spend as much money as possible in the riskiest way possible on the most expensive way possible. They're not actually there to do decision support or answer uh, questions. So I believe that Arno Reuser is capable of creating the world's first digital library on pedophilia. And this would be a multilingual library to include local dialects. And it would be a library that would then end up being what we call a magnet for walk-ins. We want to have a very professional ingestion system so that people can volunteer to provide expert witness to the thing, or they can volunteer to offer up their papers. There are a number of pedophiles now who are actually ready to turn over their, their diaries. All right, so I think we're actually doing something, something really, really huge. My final uh, comment. The center of gravity for taking down the deep state Pedophilia is both the induction glue. Pedophilia is how the deep state recruits and controls people. Uh, it is also the Achilles heel of the deep state. I believe that once the public realizes that the government is not protecting their children at a scale of vulnerability that we can articulate, then everything else about the government is called into question. All right? So for me... This is a truly 
righteous endeavor. And I will end by saying that as much good as it might do to get the British angry, for me, the center of gravity for change is the American public. Because if you can get the American public angry, we will stop supporting dictators overseas. We will close all of our military bases overseas. I am on record as a former CIA uh, operations officer is saying that our thousand bases overseas are not there for national defense. They're there to serve as lily pads for the smuggling of guns, gold, cash, drugs, and small children. Right. So let me say Sick. I am proud to be in your company, and I believe that no matter what we do or do not do, it is going to make a difference. God bless you all. Okay, so we have that. And again, he's there to make the American public angry. And a lot of times too, that's what I'm kind of trying to accomplish with these teachings to, I've noticed that I've seen the hand of God move more when I get really righteous and dignant in prayer. I mean, about things like this. And I think that's part of the reason this ministry exists too, as well is, is to stir up righteous anger, you know, cause righteous anger is an attribute of God. I know. I think if there was righteous anger being, put out in prayer combined with fasting and actually doing it with like in groups of people, like, you know, uh, praying together, man, that's a very, very powerful, powerful weapon binding and loosening these types of things. And, um, I'm going to put the prayer list up for this, this one. And I'm going to highlight that kind of most of the stuff we talked about today in the prayer list, I'll probably do that on every teaching where I'll highlight a different section, but then there's the whole prayer list there that you can go over. I, I am I am just totally devastated and wiped out from this teaching, and it's super, super late where I'm at, so I'm not going to pray pray tonight, but you have tons of ammo to pray against this, and if you feel so led fast, and um, again, I never know when it's going to be my last study. It's, it's a miracle that I've been able to say and do the things that I've done in this ministry for as long as I have. Um, I just really feel like God has hit us, um, like Psalm 64 from the secret counsel of the wicked. And I praise God for that. I praise God for my listeners and, and those that donate and pray for us. And, and we, we praise the Lord Jesus Christ for you and, uh, God bless you. And we will just see you in the next teaching.